This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Well, hey, awesome. Hey, we're here today. Ivory, welcome to the show. Welcome to the War Room. Um, glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's great to have you. I think we're about to have an exciting and insightful conversation. There you go. Play on the company <laughs> name. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Um, Ivory, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? I have to ask. That's the most important thing I'm always curious about. Um, kind of, I guess. Um, so my grandmother was a hairstylist. Um, so at some point she was an entrepreneur, but a lot of farmers in my background as well. So I would definitely classify them as entrepreneurs. Um, okay. So interesting background. My, my mother is actually in computer programming. Um, so everybody in my family does something very different. Everybody just follows their own way. Okay. And so you stepping into entrepreneurship wasn't a surprise mm -hmm. for them? No, I think my mother knowing me growing up and my grandparents knew that's exactly the route I'd end up going down at some point. Um, I'm okay. very much a person who, when I make a decision, this is how I'm going to do something I'm going to do. And if it's not figured out by somebody else, I'll figure it out myself. Um, I can't wait for somebody to do something. Uh, yeah. I have to just go and do it. <laughs> if that makes any sense. So then did you end up going the college route or did you forego it all together? I did, but it was, I went the college route, um, kind of. So let me explain. <laughs> I, when I first um, went to college, I went for journalism, felt like it really just wasn't for me. It wasn't my calling. Like I thought it would be, I had always wanted to be an investigative journalist and go into war zones and um, you know, very young and naive. <laughs> and um, when I left school there, I couldn't find any jobs. It was just the the times that we were in. Um, this was during the financial crisis. And I ended up being a collector um, at Wells Fargo. And I collected on defaulted home equity lines of credit for people that were underwater. So they owed more than the value of their property. Um and kept working my way up in collections because I did it in a very unconventional way, where it's very focused on how do we help people with all of their bills because then they'll be able to pay their mortgage. And then, um, yeah. So found a lot of issues with the whole process. And I think that's where the entrepreneurial bug in me started to happen. I just didn't know it yet. Okay. Yeah. There's definitely a difference to have that level of empathy. Like how, what's going on with your situation? How do we make this work so that we can, which is very entrepreneurial of you um, because that's what we do with clients, right? So at what point does inside strategies come into the picture to make that come together? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was given a lot of responsibility at Wells Fargo where I was helping people and 
I loved my job, found a lot of issues internally, got to make new processes that just didn't exist. Um, And then it all just stopped. Like the financial crisis was over. Everybody was transitioning into the type of work that they did before there was this big crisis. Um, And I just like lost my passion, right? Because there was nothing there left to kind of fuel me to go to work for a corporate corporation anymore. So I thought I'd try financial planning because I was like, I can get that, that, um, that sense of satisfaction and being able to help people. But I found it still wasn't right. And I just kept having the same conversations with people about how they could get through hardship. So people would come to me for financial planning and then I'd find out, well, they were going through this divorce or they had a family member going through this medical issue and they were trying to figure out how to navigate it. And finally, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I trying to do financial planning when every conversation I go into, I take it down a completely different path um, and go into problem solving mode. So um, when I had that realization, I I quit financial planning and I opened um, my company by the end of the week and I haven't looked back. So that's our focus is on helping people navigate hardship or move out of hardship. Um, a lot of our clients aren't necessarily in that that hardship zone, but they've had the hardship. And it's like, well, now what do I do? Because it's followed me, it's followed me on my credit, and I'm trying to start a business um, or whatever they're trying to do. And it's holding that them back. It's preventing them from being able to get a loan and, and grow and expand um, on their own personal sense or with their businesses. So yeah, that lines up perfectly with what you had been doing and how you turned that over. Wow. So then uh, where where do you see inside strategies uh, doing the, the most good for people? Like what's your goal for 2022 and on? Yeah, my goal specific for 2022 um, is really heavily focused on education right now. We have a, a financial services industry as a whole that lends to people based on one of the primary factors being credit, but they don't understand how credit works and can't adequately help people get approved for better terms um, or advise them on exactly what to do if they're not approved. So my biggest focus right now is actually pushing out education um, to the professional side. Long-term, to answer your question, I would like to get more of the education um, into the school system. So we're getting ahead of things and we're giving people the ability and the opportunity to hit the ground running. Let's say you are transitioning into being a young adult. You want to be in real estate or you want to start a business or, or, or whatever that is. If you don't have a foundational understanding of finances and especially how the credit system works, you can get yourself in trouble really easily. You can take out bad loans. I mean, they're bombarded with credit cards when they turn 18 now. Um, but without giving them the proper platform and the proper tools to understand an asset that they could utilize, it, it, you know, it can be used for good or bad, right? Help them um, arm themselves so they can use it for good. Um, I mean, we can create a lot of successful future entrepreneurs. So, yeah, Jason, when you were when you were coming up in the game, did you have any access to like educational information about finance and business? <laughs> Absolutely not. (laughs) Not, not really. But, but what, what I will tell you is these are my favorite kind of businesses. And you know why? Because they're born out of necessity. Mm -hmm. And anytime something is born out of necessity, 
it always catapults. It always does. Cause there's, it's like a predispositioned business already, right? <laughs> there, there, there's a market for it. People need it. Um, you know, so there's lots of problems to solve. And mm-hmm. when you have problems to solve, that's it. That's the main part of any business is if you have problems to, to really solve for people. And, you know, when I started my first company way, way back and I won't even say, um, <laughs> cause I'm pretty sure I'll feel like the youngest person in the room, right? Not, um, anyway, there, there was no resources really. There was no, you couldn't really go to anybody for financial advice for your business. I mean, mm-hmm. you could go to financial planners, but they weren't really for that. They weren't there to help you like navigate the business side of it. So I think what you're doing is great. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, financial planning, I always like to say that credit is the forgotten asset on the balance sheet Mm -hmm. because you may have all of these things you want to do. You may want to take out a loan so you can leverage that loan so you can grow your business or whatever. Right. But if you don't have strong credit, you're going to be limited on one. Can you even do it? But then two, at what rates and what terms? And can you get the amount of financing you need? Um, especially a new business owner. I mean, you're already, they're already going to be skeptical looking at you <laughs> as far as lending goes, because you're trying to prove yourself. Um, but I mean, we work with a lot of very successful business owners that are um, essentially, they're stuck and they can't move forward until they resolve these issues because they, they can't get what they need to grow. Um, you know, the more you grow, the more capital you may need to leverage in order to grow even further. Uh, so without solving that problem, it, it can, it can be a really big sticking point in a business. So now for, for yourself, Ivory, uh, mm-hmm. when you decided to go into business, was it easy for you to figure these out, these things out because you already knew what steps <laughs> you needed to take to get into this position? Um, you can say I was naive. <laughs> so I had been used to, you know, working, working at a large corporation, um, you know, I did get to the point where I had a lot of people under me, you know, I was giving, given a $4 million budget a year and it was like, fix these problems, do these things. So <laughs> I was very naive because I was used to being given the resources to get things done. So I think one of the more difficult things was, um, not having resources, <laughs> whether that be manpower, um, definitely in the beginning, uh, and then obviously capital. I mean, so I think I did well with the scarcity of my assets, but I would say the most difficult thing has been being creative to get people to know that you exist. And I think every business owner faces that, right? You may have the, you may be better than everyone else in your industry. You may have an advantage, um, whatever that advantage may be, but if people don't know about it, then it doesn't matter because then you do, you, you don't exist, right? What's that phrase? Like if the tree falls in the, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I literally use that the other day. That's so funny. <laughs> it's around cause it's that true, phrase. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, so then if that is the case, uh, mm-hmm. you've been, you've been overcoming that day by day. How, when did you, when did you officially open the doors for inside strategies? So July, 2019. Wow. Yeah. 19. Yeah. July, 2019. So yeah. And opening the doors, I really, what I did, um, I, all marketing, I've, I never started paying for marketing until 2022. 
Um, so all I did was just pound down the doors of everybody that I could find. So I went to like every networking event and I was like, Hey, I have this business. You should work with me. Here's why. Um, and it worked. (laughs) So my mom always says I have the gift of the gab. So if I can get, if I can sit with somebody one-on-one, I can typically help them understand why they should work with us and how we can help them. And I always try to position everything as we're here to help you. And here's, here's how, here's how we can make you more successful. Um, so I started not by looking for clients, but by looking for partners, people that would want to use me for their clients. Um, and that's how, that's how we've grown. And, and, you know, we went from me, um, to now we're in 23 States. So it's pretty crazy to think that just a few years ago, (laughs) it was just me, but 23 States. Wow. Yeah. Clients in 23 States. Yeah. Not, 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 not us, just clients. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, but that's, that's crazy. And so there's not like, uh, legal things to worry about that different states have oh, that is sort of got there <laughs> are i mean there are but that's what attorneys are for um yeah. so i to be frank my industry the specifically the credit side is not as regulated as it could be and the way it's regulated isn't really as helpful to consumers as the goal was but um I mean, most of it is just bond requirements or requirements and when a client can cancel the process and all of that. So it's pretty simple as far as regulations go. We're not allowed to operate in the state of Georgia. That's the only state we really can't do business in. And that's just because of their laws there. Um, But it's, it's that way out of necessity. This is an industry that preys on people. It's a very scammy industry. And that's part of my mission and what I'm trying to change. Um, because a lot of people came come out of the word work when people are in hard, hardship and they take advantage of them and they take more of their money. Um, and you know, we don't, we don't do that and we don't want other people to either. <laughs> yeah. So. so, so if you had to put in your own words, you promise mm-hmm. to the listener as a, as a business, what would it be? Ooh, putting me on the spot there. Um, <laughs> really our promise to anybody we work with is that we're going to give you every single tool and resource you could ever need. We don't want anything to be behind the curtain. And our goal is to expose everything that is behind the curtain by big banks, um, by the credit bureaus, by anybody that uses their data against them so they can be empowered. So our whole goal is empowerment through understanding credit and financial literacy. So love it. Now, I, I love that. Now, now because you mentioned uh, young people coming up in the game and how you mm-hmm. want to get them uh, lined up and ready to go, how can they particularly get a hold of you if they wanted to? Yeah, so we have a, we have a website, of course. So it's insightstrategies.credit. Um, and in the next few days, we also will, um, they'll be able to sign up ahead of time for our, our course that we're launching. So we're opening a financial literacy platform and we're starting specifically with credit first. Um, so we're in the midst of editing it, uh, it a lot, a lot of hours. So we'll see if it'll be five hours or seven hours. There's about 50 different um, videos that, that one can watch on credit. So that will be the very best way that anybody, whether they're a professional, whether they're an aspiring entrepreneur or a young person can learn everything they could ever want to know about credit, how it works and how they can leverage it. So 
Wow. Website coming soon. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Really important. No, 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 no. You bring up something really important about developing courses because, again, you said your goal was education. Mm -hmm. Uh, How how has the process been uh, like creating (laughs) a course? (laughs) Again, very naive. So I think it's a theme in my life. I'm just like, oh, I can totally do that. I'll find a way to do it. But um, it was a fair, it's been a very long process that I, Um, my boyfriend likes to say, if somebody tells you it's going to be six months, you try to make it in one month or two months. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I did with this too. Um, so I wrote the course, then I rewrote the course, then I rewrote the course and then I filmed it. Didn't like it. So then I was like, you know what? I need to find professionals. (laughs) Um, so I ended up finding a producer. I found conversion copywriters. I found a social media expert. And I've got all of these people in my arena to help me redo it. Cause I, I just didn't see it to the level that I wanted it to be. And if you want banks to take something seriously, or if you want a school system to take something seriously, it has to look as professional as possible. Um, so my producer used to work for masterclass. So I was like, let's make this look like a masterclass. Um, so I have put hundreds of hours. I don't even know into, um, just getting it ready. And then the filming we did over two and a half days. Um, I've never talked so much in a single day in my life. It was like 10 hours of just talking at a camera. Um, um, and now we're editing. So I, I don't know if that even answers your question, but it's been a no, whirlwind. And I think my answer is explaining how much of a whirlwind it has been a lot of things. <laughs> I brought it up because because then there's an interesting contrast. Like Jason himself is also someone that not only leads a community, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But he's constantly working with many strategic partners. Kind of like how you said when you started, mm-hmm. there was this whole like I'm going to find partners. And so I think it's fast because I know firsthand that Jason has a lot of people that he has to like coordinate and and, and you know developing assets is not something new for him. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on that, Jason? Like, what has that been like for you too? <laughs> well, you know, I remember when I put. Uh, the courseware together. It's called uh, the Trinity of Success. It's a fifty-two-week mm-hmm. course. Uh, fifty-two that's a lot. weeks. I can't even imagine that and, long. <laughs> you know, it, it it just wasn't fun. I mean, <laughs> to be quite honest, it wasn't really all that much fun. Um, because yeah, there is a. I, I'm not really a put it together pretty guy necessarily, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, there has to be a certain level of professionalism with things mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And I can tell you and I have a lot in common because I like to put, I like to think of something and by God, two weeks from now it's done period. Yeah. Dilly dally around with it. Right. If you're going to do it, just commit to it and do yep. it. A hundred percent for better or for worse. That's how I am with everything. (laughs) I tend to bite off more than I can chew, but I'm like, eh, we'll figure out a way to juggle everything. I got feet and hands, right? (laughs) So, yeah, but I'm excited. I'm excited. So it'll come out in July. Um, not 52 weeks though. (laughs) I'll never do it again. I promise. (laughs) Uh, You said it was insightstrategies.credit where people can go. Yeah. Insightstrategies.credit. And then we'll have a separate landing page. Um, The course is going to be called credit worthy. Um, So I love that title. It took me the night before I filmed the commercial for it to come up with it. That's how long, like talk about last minute. 
Um, but yeah, so insightstrategies.credit, it'll be on there. We also have a guide on there on establishing or building credit if um, if people don't have any credit history or don't know where to start. So, Okay. And now uh, there, there's there's only a few things left here to cover before we close it out. And I got to say, it's just been a pleasant conversation so far. If you were able to speak to uh, you who are just early in the early in the steps before the doors mm-hmm. even open for inside strategies, and mm-hmm. maybe there there's this person who's thinking about starting a business, maybe going on a limb, but who knows what that's going to look like, and just not taking the, the the leap that they need to. What would you say to them? Is there a one, two, three that you would leave behind? I, this is so cliche, but I really love the, just do it. I think that is just the epitome of like overthinking things stops you from doing things. Right. And if you never even take a step and if you never even take that leap, you don't know if you'll succeed and you might not, but if you fail once, you just keep going and eventually you'll be very successful. So I think just do it. Don't overthink it. You have an idea, just go for it. You'll figure it out. I mean, maybe, hopefully that's great advice, but that's the advice I've chosen to take. Um, no use in stopping yourself from being as great as you might be able to be. So there it yeah. is. I know I love that because you're right. You're dealing in hypotheticals no matter how you mm-hmm. think about it until you've taken action. And this is what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, I love well, it. I, I, I used to, cause people, the, the old saying, so we're talking cliches, right? Yeah. So <laughs> the, the look before you leap. I always tend to do it the opposite way. A hundred percent. I jump I off the do. cliff and then, and then as I'm falling, go, well, that ain't going to work <laughs> or well, we'll see how hard the landing is. Right. Then Maybe there was water on the yeah, landing, maybe. right? you got a soft right. landing or maybe you can roll. I don't know. Mm. You always, you can always find something to fall on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's right. Wow. This, this is what it's like hearing uh, conversations with entrepreneurs. Yeah. I don't know. It might explode. Yeah. It might not. You, you might land. You, you might land on top of your COO. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but if it does, you just find something else that works. Right. I mean, I've done I've done plenty of stupid things where I thought, eh, this would be a good idea. I'm going to try it, and it didn't work. But I'm trying so many new things all at once that something's going to work. And whatever works, you stick with, and you just you let that. You really just foster it so it can grow, you know, um, that way it doesn't matter that other things didn't work. <laughs> I mean, this is a conversation that truly embodies the spirit of like, just do it. You can yeah. just hear it throughout the entire conversation. And so, um, I, I'm curious as we, there's this big finale, I sort of mentioned earlier, and you mm-hmm. know, I, I hope you indulge me. You are welcome to pass. <laughs> and that, and that is, uh, if you could have invited anybody to listen to your story and maybe even contribute if they, if, you, if, they, if they felt like it, who would you have loved to have had here and why? Uh, that's so hard. Probably. Okay. I guess it probably would be my dad because I can't think of anyone famous. I don't really think about famous people too much as weird yeah. as that may be, but <laughs> no, that's um, good. Yeah. Why you're probably dad? my dad. He, well, he lives across, um, I'm, I, as I told you guys before we started here, I'm, um, so I'm in Vancouver, Washington, but my family is all from Iowa. That's where I grew up. That's where they are. So he kind of gets to see my journey from afar. And I know it would be something he'd be very proud of now that he's not, he's still here. Um, I still talk to him, but, um, you know, growing up, I, 
I, he was my catcher. I was a pitcher and I was very, very committed to it. So he kind of always got to see me grow and, you know, become more. Right. And so I think he'd be even more proud to see how things are going by being able to visually see it. Right. Rather than hear me over the phone. Hey dad, how are you doing this week? (laughs) So, but he's been, he's been wonderful through the course launch. He's been like my voice of reason when I'm freaking out. So it's been nice. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that because it's a reminder that no matter where you are and what you're doing in life, there's somebody there. There's Mm -hmm, somebody there that's willing to listen everybody has one in, in their life and they just have to remember that taking a risk doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be ostracized from people who already care about you because the people care about you regardless yeah. of what you're doing. And yeah. I love that message. You know, I mean, it's a great reminder. When I started, when I started this company, I had like nothing to my name. I'd just gone through a divorce and my dad was like, you know what, just go for it. If it doesn't work out, we'll be here. And that was all the encouragement I needed. I was going to do it anyway, but it was really nice to have like the support (laughs) where it took away that fear that I could just completely fall flat and have nothing, especially when you're across the country. I hadn't lived here very long at that point. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another dimension we didn't even really highlight, but you're right. You did all this being away from everybody, you know, like that, that, that was in your corner. So that just adds to the, just do it that you've been mm-hmm. emphasizing this entire conversation. So to recap, if someone's young out there or thinking about starting something, it's as simple as stop with the hypotheticals and step into it and see what happens mm-hmm. and then iterate from there. Yep. Use your resources, use all your connections, whether they're just friends on the internet that have social media, everybody's there to help you. So. And uh, insightstrategies.credit, mm-hmm. look out for credit worthy that's coming yep. out pretty yep. soon. Uh, Jason, anything you want to add to this as we close out? Yeah, yeah. So two two things, really. Um, number one is I always like to know what other CEOs are thinking. So what, what are a couple of topics mm-hmm. that sit really high on your list today that you're thinking about as a CEO? As far as like running the company or what? Yeah, what yeah. Um, could be the market, running the company? What are some concerns you have? My biggest are expansion. Um, Mm. Expansion and access to capital really uh, are my biggest concerns. I mean, because we're in that heavy growth phase. Um, So we're transitioning to a new office. I'm going to want to hire. That's hard right now. And I guess expansion is how do we continue to grow and how do we get more people to know who we are. So marketing expansion and marketing. Oh my gosh. I never, I've never focused on marketing till now. And I feel (laughs) like my knowledge everywhere else is here. And my knowledge about marketing is like, you can't even see it. It's so low on the screen, you know? Mm. Um, So I suppose Mm. it's that. I think that's most of us actually. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's because, well, and then you take that dynamic and it's really, you know, on the front end of any company, it's the most important part, right? Mm -hmm. But it's the least favorite thing any of us like to get involved in. (laughs) So, so yeah, it's weird. It's like, how do you, how do you do it? How do you get out there and make sure people understand your message, your brand, who your company is without spending boatloads of money? Because it seems like Mm -hmm. nowadays marketing is like one of the 
the biggest uh, expenditures. So I call it a bottomless pit of basically, stuff. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it's like, well, hopefully this works, and I'm not throwing it into the ether. Uh, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, well, all great feedback. And I, I always like to say this. Thank you for, there's 168 hours in a week. And I always like to say thank you for stopping by here in the war room with us mm-hmm. and spending a little bit of slice of your time with us. Because at the end of the day, you can replace houses, you can place, replace cars, all those things. But you can't wind the clock back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, great insight. Thank you for putting all that insight into our audience and uh, great. Had a really good time with you. Awesome. Thank you. I did as well. Pleasure meeting you both. Same. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.